Podcast for November twenty second, twenty nineteen. I am your host Lee, joined by co-hosts Reed, hi, and Andrew. Hey, hey, that's two weeks in a row, boys. We're on a roll here. We are going to talk about the world of pro wrestling uh, from our own perspective of things we watched and things we actually want to talk about. So if you feel like there's glaring holes in the podcast about pro wrestling, such as Raw or SmackDown, it's because we don't watch those shows. Uh, some topics from that might come up. We're also going to run down. Uh, quite a few WWE-related things. Uh, we have some news to get to, first and foremost. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs weren't the only organization to kick an arrogant prick to the uh, curb this week, as NWA Power, with three R's, has cut ties with Jim Cornette after some remarks, a pair of remarks, really, that he made uh, during a, a quote-unquote broadcast. Andrew, have you seen NWA Power? No. So, anyone can watch this right now by going to YouTube.com, a product of Google, and looking up NWA Power, a new uh, episode is posted, I believe, every Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that. So, the uh, I haven't watched nearly as much of this as I maybe would have wanted to, because I really like the aesthetic. It has, like, a public access kind of thing going on. A lot of the cutaways and stuff are, like, retro down. Uh, it kind of reminds me of, like, how they do the fake glow broadcasts on the Netflix show. And appealing to me. I think they should go all the way and do the whole thing in 4x3 and just film grain it up. What, they, I, uh, what I like about specifically is that they edit it down so there's no BS whatsoever. No. Like, it's, there's no downtime. It's it just, is a tight product. Go, 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 go. Uh, and they have Mr. Jim Cornette uh, on there, of course, um, doing doing the play-by-play. He's not even the color guy, right? He's doing the, the, the heavy lifting no, in the commentary. He's color, I think. So, uh, a controversial figure, to say the least, but uh, after some, some remarks this week, unfortunately, this is how NWA has come into the, the public eye, is based on this controversy, uh, wherein, we don't have to repeat it here, it's along the lines of, what's the fastest thing in the world, something, something, following a boost truck, etc. Uh, in this case, he's using a line he used from the 80s, and now everybody from the wrestling world has to weigh in on racism, which is always fun, because if there is one thing in the world... More clinging on to lazy uh, racism. It is pro wrestling. Uh, (laughs) A industry populated by carnies uh, where characters can sometimes just simply be, this guy is ethnic. Uh, And and that continues now in 2019. It's getting better, uh, but Jim Cornette, a bit of a fossil when it comes to these things, said something that could have easily been edited out of this show before it was uploaded to YouTube. It is not recorded live, obviously. This is something that went through an editor, got uploaded to YouTube, and how this line and another line in it made it to the final broadcast. Blame goes to Jim and goes to the editor of YouTube. Yes. It's not just to Jim. You, You hired Jim because he is that guy, but you have the caveat of we get to edit Jim before this goes out to people to watch. Yeah. Uh, and it was a failure uh, on all accounts to <laughs> to keep... I, I can say the line. It's something that he, sa- he has said verbatim before and many lines like it. Um, Trevor Murdoch, he's a bad, mad, bad, and dangerous. He's the only man I've ever known that could strap a bucket of fried chicken on his back and ride a motor scooter across Ethiopia. 
it's like a, it's like the line your it's the racist thing your uncle says to you like a joke he's just like he tells you the but it joke makes you very uncomfortable. and you know it's not coming from a place of of actual hate but it is from a place of ignorance and it's just like hey man it's just yeah and the people the people defending that and being like oh he's just talking about the famine in Ethiopia why would he specifically mention that food product which is typically associated <laughs> with racism I d- also, associating racism with a food product is also kind of ridiculous. Uh, but, but, but it, it exists. Moving on. So what do you want me to uh, do? Yeah, so Jim Cornette has resigned from the National Wrestling Alliance as an announcer. On the November 19th uh, edition of NBA Howard, Jim had made remarks during a singles match between Nick Aldis and Trevor Murdoch that were both offensive and do not meet the high standards of decency and good faith of the National Wrestling Alliance to ensure that such an era can never happen again. We've established new procedures of uh, review for all NWA programming going forward. We sincerely regret our failure in this regard. So, Wait, so you didn't- you review it in the first place like yeah they didn't look they didn't listen to it anyway uh, J- the thing about Jim Cornette is as I mentioned with the arrogant prick thing is this is a guy who know, who who thoroughly knows wrestling and is a voice that by much like our our own Canada's own Don Cherry recently got himself into a bit of hot water and lost his job it's it's a very similar thing it's in the case of Jim Cornette though he is a gatekeeper to pro wrestling he is the first one to be out there saying, like, that's not pro wrestling. He looks at Marco Stunt in AEW and he's like, that guy's too little. He cannot be a... Listen, dude, it, it all goes or nothing goes nowadays. And that's why it, it, someone like his voice needs to be muted at this point in, in time. It's just like, he had a lot of good to say. He knows a lot about pro wrestling. This guy's a great commentator. However, uh, he holds some views and some gatekeeping views of pro wrestling that I just... Don't think have a place in 2019. Well, much, much like Don Cherry, you could argue that he's been ins- insignificant for the last like 20 years. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Don. <laughs> so, anyways, moving on. Uh, CM Punk, we mentioned very briefly on the last episode, has gotten a new job uh, that doesn't involve fighting because when it's fake, he's really good at it. But when it's real, he's apparently very bad. Uh, <laughs> so he went on Twitter, uh, and the the exact tweet was from uh, CM Pumpkin Pie as uh, his Twitter handle would have him labeled. Uh, it is weird trying to catch up on five plus years of wrestling. Just by that line alone, I would never be able to hang out with this guy. Uh, I'm doing what I can. There's bright spots, mostly women from what I can tell. There's bad too, and I'm going to talk about it, and no one is safe. Join us. And then he ats Renee Young, WWE on Fox, Booker T, Real Page, Vince McMahon, and Tony Khan. So based on this, you might think, I'm going to tune in. This guy's going to, this is Pipe Bomb 2.0. He's going to rip the wrestling industry apart. He just caught up on, if I watched five years of WWE in two weeks, I'd have something to say about it. It'd be, I'd be a mess. Uh, so uh, Tony Khan replies to that, the owner, CEO of AEW Wrestling. Yeah. Uh, no one is safe. Sounds like a plane full of wrestlers in Saudi Arabia. To which Randy Orton pipes up because now he's a company man that he has leveraged AEW against <laughs> WWE so he can get a fat paycheck. Hey, a businessman. It's it's a carny industry. Good for you, Randy Orton. Uh, what's that whole thing about glass houses and stones? And posts like a year old, more or less fake news story about the Jaguars owner uh, Shahid Khan, who is Tony's dad, uh, being investigated for corruption. Tony replies to that. I thought you only tagged me in your post when you are grasping for leverage. That article's over a year old. Plus, is about baseless claims made about my dad years ago. That's the best you can do. Nothing. Meanwhile, in the time since that was written, you used the N-word on Twitch. Now it's just like petty. It's just like, I heard you use a bad word on the internet. Well, I think he's just making fun of him that, he, that he's gone at, like, Orton dropped to go as petty as that. Yeah. So then, 
Tony will stoop to his level. Oh, yeah. well, but he's also doing it. Or lowered the jo- bar. <laughs> yeah, he, he lowered the bar. I think Tony's just kind of making fun of him at that point. Anyways, uh, wrestlers, get off of Twitter. Everybody <laughs> should get off of Twitter. Yeah, Actually, everybody, get off of Twitter. Especially, though, if, you're, if, if you are some of those uh, wrestlers from WWE, because they allow them to go on Twitter. Yeah. Twitter, I think, is, is directly one of the big things that killed Kayfit. Well, we're because, about to talk about the CM Punk being interviewed by Renee Young on this backstage thing, and kayfabe. D- but that's, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, is, <laughs> you can't you can't buy into re- uh, most wrestling anymore. You can't. Not when one thing it's, is being presented on the television show and another thing is being presented in every other aspect. But, that, right? but, that's, but that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yes. Yes. It's it's, it's, it's the same, and then the same goes for the for this for the CM Punk show too. Like on on Fox, whatever it is. Yeah, it's just it's really hard to buy into that because at one moment you're advertising kayfabe on your wrestling show, and then minutes later you're trying to talk about it like it's a it's a real thing, and then you've got them going on social media, acting completely different. Yeah, thank God we have MJF. Thank God we have MJF. MYTJ. So on WWE backstage, this is now the third episode. It drew 180,000 viewers, which is up. Considerably, it's another eighty thousand people that weren't watching the week prior because CM Punk was going to show up and he's going to rip the pro wrestling world apart. You better the world will not be the same after CM Punk gets on there and says that Baron Corbin sucks. Hot take. Uh, hot take <laughs> that you could ask anyone with any uh, semblance of, uh, of what's going on. Anyway, uh, so Renee introduces CM Punk at the beginning of the show. Uh, he made a joke about how much he's getting paid. He made it very clear that he is not being paid by WWE and that he's being paid by Fox. And that will allow him to divulge these hot takes that he maybe couldn't do on WWE programming. Uh, as the conversation went on, he added that uh, he's in a point in his life where he can do what he wants and doesn't have to work with quote-unquote jerks. Uh, he also continued to maintain that he has no interest in getting back in the ring. Uh, finally, Renee asked for his opinion on the state of wrestling in 2019. Six years after he left the business, Punk said that the product is just like it was when he left and that wrestling could be so much better. He called the WWE product overproduced and micromanaged. He added that he thinks characters have an easier time connecting with audiences if they're developed by the performer instead of scripted by creative. Another so, hot When you were talking thing. about <laughs> kayfabe. Again, another thing that if you listen to any wrestling podcast in the last six years... Anyone has this take. This is CM Punk changing the world, ripping apart. The but the best part, but the best part about that is Renee Young is on that show. Yes, an employee for WWE. Yes, as but, is Booker T. No, yeah, 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 but, yeah. But, but more, but more involved is what I mean. So she's she's actually there. What do you do? Yeah. And the best part about WWE backstage was when Renee Young was talking about how it's been like what six years since the Shield started, yeah. and CM Punk goes, "Who's your favorite member, Renee?" And she's like, Haha, I like all of them equally. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Walking a thin line there, Renee. Yeah, I don't. I think it's a little. Personally, I think it's a little unrealistic to expect CM Punk to just go on here and say like, "Oh, WWE, they have these sexually harassed and they're racist and like, yeah, like, like put some on blast." He's just like, "They buried bodies in the '80s." Yeah, like it'll never be. I think found. it's a little unrealistic <laughs> to expect him to come on the podcast. Oh, exactly, and start but. Like, literally breaking but, down the world. But he blew his wad because he, he said that on on Twitter and it got... So he must follow up with a promise, it got, I guess. It got the passerbys to tune in, but he that's it. It's he, almost the like sky a- The sky can't fall twice, Reed, is what I'm trying to say, is that he will never again... Like, his credibility in that, I'm going to tell it like it is, if, this, if it's like a milk toast... 
a review of the last six years of WWE, then who cares? And it's no been one will watch week. that show. It's yeah. been one yeah. week. Let's check Let's, back in a month. But like, okay, so viewer numbers come in, and now it's it's less than ever. CM Punk was the ace in the hole, and they blew it. I don't care about viewers. I'm talking about his hot takes. If in okay. a month he a actually more, does have legit, more CM Punk if, hot takes. No, if in a month he actually does have some hot takes on the show, then yeah. we can talk about it. But I uh, don't think it's even newsworthy. The most controversial thing he said. As far as I am concerned, was he called the women's division a bright spot in the current WWE, which is a little bit of contra- no. Uh, he expressed his disdain for the hashtag women's revolution branding. Well, like, I feel like that was the most relevant thing he said that could be criticized because no one else is going to criticize that in the WWE when Stephanie McMahon is leading the charge. It's just the overproducing of he's everything. Just, like, yeah, you can't like, just say Roman Reigns. You have to say it's the big yeah. dog, Roman Reigns. Like, hey, well, that's advertising. Since he left... Just like Women's Revolution. Since he left, women's, women's wrestling has come a very long way in the WWE, but he's saying, well, he's watching through five-plus years of this... You ruined it. You had something that was good on its own, and you overdid it. But that's but that's exactly it. It's it's come a long way in the WWE. Whereas outside of that, women's wrestling has been far better. Oh, look at Japan since before yeah. that. Yeah, sure. Like we didn't need a women's rev- the women's women's revolution. Sorry, hey, it's not Sultan's a slam, a slam backstage. It's WWE backstage. <laughs> uh, and then he made you know he made some more. That that's kind of it. That was his. That was. Him bringing the heat. Uh, so that was, that was uh, Sunday CM Punk. Night heat, baby. Uh, so we're going to talk about a show that I think we all watched, which would be uh, the AEW Dynamite for November 20th, 2019. Uh, the ratings this week for NXT versus AEW in the Wednesday Night War. NXT edged them out with 916,000 viewers, while AEW pulled in 893, which is pretty consistent for them. Uh, of course, NXT had a lot of the main roster talent on there. They had Revival in a match. Uh, which is great because NXT, if you just like wrestling, uh, seems to be the place to the be. The revival of NXT was the best tag team I've ever seen yeah. in my life. They're so great. <laughs> now, most notably, this is a build-up to Survivor Series, which is something that happens once a year. How likely is Vince to continue to bump his talent down to NXT in in the war he created against AEW. But the other thing to note is that AEW won every demo except for 50+, plus, which is consistently where Raw and SmackDown do well and don't do well. Meaning the younger crowds, the 18 to 35s, the people that advertisers are going after are watching TNT, are watching AEW. And at 893,000, if they get that number every week for the rest of time, TNT will be happy forever. But... There's this weird idea that they have to, like the Monday Night Wars, uh, have to beat or, or, or hotshot or do things to build up their show to combat the other show that's also building up. And that's where mistakes happen. That's where y- you lose it. How, how does that not even hurt your product in the long run for NXT, considering that's not what NXT is supposed to be? Right. No, and then meanwhile, you have a, sh- you have a multi-billion dollar deal on Fox... And that show is losing viewers and ratings every week yep. and getting worse. How do you how do you feel if you're Fox looking at this and just be like, man, that that seems to be your focus over there, your third rate show against that other wrestling product, this thing that you have manufactured, the war, the Wednesday Night War is something that WWE went all in on. AEW did never wanted to run against WWE. They wanted their own night of the week. This I, is something. It was going to happen either way. I think yeah. the important thing to take away from these ratings as uh, is, despite NXT doing this huge promotion and getting all these extra viewers, 
AEW was relatively the same from the last few weeks. Yes, meaning and AEW did nothing to combat. Yeah, and that uh, means the people that are watching AEW are still watching it week to week, yes. even if NXT is doing something super special uh, awesome. So I don't mean to disparage NXT at all. It's a great show. Of the three WWE shows that come out every week, NXT would maybe be the most consistent thing By to a watch. large margin. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, everyone running to Twitter to be like, what are you going to do now, Chris Jericho? What are you going to do now, Cody? AEW lost. This is all over. downhill from here. It's over. It's, it's over. over. Just pack your bags. Uh, relax. Why is anybody uh, angry about having two awesome wrestling shows in a night? Like, I don't understand. It's, I, listen, uh, we chose to watch one and not the other, and that was AEW Dynamite, and let's talk about it. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, highlights were, of course, the John Moxley Darby Allen uh, main event and Chris Jericho's uh, segment with Scorpio Sky, but let's run it down in order here, boys. First up, starting the starting the evening off with a bang, we had Ray Phoenix uh, against Nick Jackson. That was such a good match. That was a fantastic match. Ray uh, Phoenix is one of the best wrestlers in the world. He's one of the best. Yeah, he's one of the best wrestlers in AEW, if not the best wrestler in AEW as well as the world. He's one half of the best tag team in the world. Oh, <laughs> in the universe! In the universe! Yes, yeah, in the universe. Uh, so uh, Matt Jackson was injured during a spot I think last week on Dynamite. So Nick Jackson's going it alone here uh, after a spinning muscle buster. Uh, he is defeated by a pinfall. Uh, tremendous opening match uh, with both guys going all out. High spots were prevalent in and out of the ring before Phoenix finally got put Jackson away. After the match, Jackson tried for a handshake, which Phoenix refused before leaving the ring. Uh, cool. <laughs> great, great match. Great match. Uh, next, we had uh, Hikaru Shida, right? Yes. Yeah. She actually called her full name on the thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, versus Britt Baker, uh, <laughs> following a Falcon Arrow. Uh, and knee, uh, Britt Baker's taken down. Uh, so, Britt Baker, who's more or less positioned as the top baby face behind Rio. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, for whatever reason. She's uh, marketable. <laughs> she's good looking. She has a unique gimmick in that she's a real life dentist. Uh, what are the other alternatives at this point? Yeah, uh, this puts Sheeta in the top rankings, though, and she will be next to fight Rio for the title. Yeah, she should. They'll the have rankings. a good match. Uh, they did a Dark Order cult recruitment style video. Uh, the Dark Order sucks. Uh, but this video was they're okay. Good, they're good wrestlers. Yes, they yeah. just have a weird the gimmick. gimmick. Is just, they just have a weird gimmick that's not going to get over instantly, like an Orange Cassidy or something. Uh, no, like it's not. It's going to be a slow burn. It's going to yeah. be a slow burn. <laughs> this uh, this video was cool, and the their gimmick of converting other wrestlers to to creeps is dumb, but kind of neat. Uh, it's something different in AEW, which they sorely need because otherwise everybody would have the gimmick of I'm a wrestler. Yeah. So I'm totally okay with it. <laughs> Which is NWA's... Uh, that's, no, it's, that's not just exclusive. It's all wrestling. So next up, we have the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royale. Uh, the two, the bottom two of this, the two winners, as it were, uh, will go on to fight next week for the Dynamite Dozen Diamond Ringers. <laughs> I don't know what the significance of this ring is, but it's it's very expensive. Uh, it's it's probably so... It, so it's for something. Sure, they want yeah. something, <laughs> not just not just to fill time. Yeah. Billy Gunn was the surprise entrant in this match, and he looks great, uh, receiving a huge pop from the crowd. Chucky e. T eliminated Pentagon Junior, who was distracted by Christopher Daniels. Seconds after the match began, Jimmy Havoc and Marco Stunt were eliminated by Gunn, but Havoc came back and used the staple gun on pretty much everyone in the match. Yeah, I'm just gonna say I hate Jimmy Havoc. He's like he looks I, like a four year old dude that like shops at Hot Topic and is like, "How do you do, fellow children?" Yeah, yeah, yeah I. I think yeah, but that like as a gimmick, then you want to see him get his ass kicked. So <laughs> he's at least on par with Sheamus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Sean Spears ran in and knocked Joey Janela off the top rope, resulting in Janela's elimination. MJF eliminated Orange Cassidy as he was showing uh, showing down with Gunn. Wardlow distracted Gunn, resulting in uh, Page eliminating him. In the end, it came down to Page and Jungle Boy. However, MJF had not yet actually been eliminated, allowing him to pull Jungle Boy's feet off the canvas for the final elimination. Next week, MJF and Page will wrestle for the Dynamite Dozen Ring. Uh, the match was... Uh, yeah, anyways. Uh, there was there was a lot of... For for a 12-man battle royale, there was a ton of... Uh, also, you owe us all beer because your phone went off. Uh, Stone Cold rules. There was a lot of outside interference. There was lots of other guys running in or being eliminated and running back in. And the MGF thing at the end where he was hiding, I don't know where this guy was. Well, they were they were they were busy <laughs> under the ring, but they never led led us to believe that he was anywhere else. Yeah, fair enough. But the best part was they did, they never made reference to him disappearing. He did the Rusev spot, except how could he hide outside of the ring without both of his feet touching the ground? Well, no, the battle royale had to be thrown over the top. Oh, it's over, so oh, okay. over the top. So he was just just hiding from TV. I think the alternative to this was just a regular battle royal, which are always boring and awful. So whatever, it's it's fine. I don't know. I enjoy them. <laughs> Andrew's down. Uh, Chris Jericho. Cut an in-ring promo. That's two beers. Uh, where he said he would have uh, been fine for his actions during his temper tantrum thrown after losing the tag match last week on Dynamite where Scorpio Sky was the first to pin Chris Jericho in AEW. He couldn't get out the word sorry during his apology. <laughs> Don't need to explain this joke that's been done to death on sitcoms for the last 30 years. And Jake Hagar uh, had to say the word whenever needed. That's a good spot. Yeah. Uh, Jericho said there uh, would be Chris... What? Jericho said there would be Chris Jericho's Thanksgiving thank you celebration next week in Chicago as he ended his promo SCU's music hit Scorpio Sky pointed out he pinned Jericho for his first AW loss and this led to Jericho challenging Sky to a match they kind of like bamboozled him yes. into doing a one-on-one no you're, match. you're giving the best part where Scorpio's like I've been drinking all weekend and I got asked out but my high school crush Melanie and then Jericho goes oh I've seen Melanie she's got, she's gained a lot of weight <laughs> it's <was laughs> hilarious uh, there was also a spot before... So I had a... I had a version of this that I downloaded. I won't say where. That had no commercials and had B-roll for where the commercials would be. So every time they threw to a commercial, I was just seeing footage of the arena and they were cutting between people and there was an extra Jericho spot. There's a... Uh, did you guys see the part where he was walking backstage and like screwing with everybody? Uh, yeah. No, I did not. That Including was, the Marco stunt spot? That was happening like... A second screen type thing. He's like he's like walking by and he sees Marco stunt and he's standing yep. with two other guys and there's a guy with a camera and he's like, oh, I got I got the shot and they were just showing him. He's just like, who's this? Where's his shirt? He's gonna catch a cold. You let your son out here without a shirt on or whatever. It was the best <laughs> part of all of that. Uh, next up, we had a squash match. Luchasaurus, who's feeling a bit better from his hamstring injury, defeats Peter Avalon by a pinfall in a squash match. Peter Avalon is a perfectly ca- adequate wrestler. That gimmick's got to go. The librarian thing. He's is a jobber. Lame as hell. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of Stephen Richards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Private Party defeats Santana and Ortiz via pinfall uh, after getting hitting the gin and juice on Ortiz, which is a great looking uh, tag team finisher. Yes. Uh, Santana and Ortiz are great. Private Party very green. This is probably one of their lesser matches in AEW, but they still look fine. Yeah. They can't all be. Uh, they can't all be the best yet. You know what I mean. Uh, and then finally, we had John Moxley and Darby Allen uh, last week. John Moxley's like, "Hey, no one can stand in this ring with me. I'm a crazy guy." And Darby Allen's like, "I'll do it. I'm also crazy. I am also a crazy guy." Darby <laughs> Allen puts himself into a body bag labeled Mox and crowd surfs himself through a concert in his opening video, and then has presumably the same crowd surfers or a band or some jobber wrestlers uh, carry him in and unzip him. He then rides a uh, 
uh, this guy's like super over as whatever he is. Uh, and it, like the first time you see him, he's doing these matches with like Jimmy Havoc and doing these like. Well, he had like the spiked skateboard, matches. yeah, and like he's he's doing everything that's very opposite of what he's, you'd expect a wrestler. to But do. he's just a good wrestler. Uh, oh yeah, whose, whose gimmick basically is like he's half dead. Pain, pain don't hurt him. Pain don't hurt. Uh, which is from Roadhouse. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. Actually. Yes, it is. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, special video package aired as uh, to start Alan's walk, uh, showing him being zip, blah, 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 blah. Um, so as Mox comes in through the crowd, as he gets in front of the banister, Darby Allen somehow catapults himself through the ropes at this guy. I have, like, the gift saved on, on Twitter. It's it's amazing. And that's how the match starts outside the ring before the bell even rings. These two guys are just throwing each other around. Moxley uh, is so over. The crowd was just losing their minds as he's going through it. His yeah. music is great. I personally Both guys like were it. over. There was a lot of chance going back and forth. Go, go Darby. Go go Mox. Which is, it's almost like if you push people, people yeah. like it. We've got two baby faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was uh, the violence expected between these two. Alan bumps like an absolute maniac, says this uh, <laughs> recap I'm saying. But it had all his usual comeback hope moments throughout, uh, including a focus on the fingers of Moxie. Alan went for a coffin drop, which is also a great-looking finish, uh, and was caught into a sleeper by Moxley, which then turned into a very close near-fall pinning combination for Alan. The, um, the two men... So, so, like, straight up, this is the best John Moxley match I've seen in AEW. And if I really stop to think of it, maybe it's the best match ever. Match I've ever seen with John Moxley slash Dean Ambrose. Uh, he has sixty pounds on Darby Allen and and no sold a couple like a crossbody off the top rope from Allen. Just no sold it uh, and was more or less a brute throughout this. And anytime Darby Allen got got some offense on him or or snuck in a, a pinfall attempt, he acted like shocked and it was telling the story of he's he's underestimating Darby Allen. And it almost cost him the match near the end. He pulls it out, and both guys get over with a clean finish. I don't know what to tell you. It's even the way they were selling in the match. It's like when uh, when Darby Allen was uh, stepping on Moxley's fingers. Yeah. Like later on in the match, he's still yelling, he's putting, ah, you yeah. broke my damn hand. He's like putting he's, his fingers in the in between the turnbuckle yeah. thing there. Uh, so the two men ended up on the second rope where Moxley hit a huge paradigm shift, and they looked great. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, for, the, for the three count, absolutely. He d- just drops them on his head. Like, it just looked... It looked fantastic. Uh, so yeah, that was a that was a highlight for me. Uh, I think I really like Darby Allen. Darby, I think Allen's I like great. his gimmick. I think I like his character. I like he's a modern his, day, as a worker in the ring. He's fantastic. He's a modern day young Jeff Hardy. Sure. Just hopefully he stays off the sauce. That's, but. <laughs> That's a scary comparison. Um, okay, now it's time for my favorite segment of the week uh, that we have had to have christened with a name, and it's the Read on Honor segment. Where Reed will fill us in on what the hell did Ring of Honor do this week? Reed, what the heck did Ring of Honor do this week? Um, so as I said last week, there's a bunch of stuff going around. Uh, Joey Mercury uh, was talking about all the bad things they did, such as no security, no medics on site, uh, forcing Kelly Klein, who is the Rowan's champion, to work with a concussion. So because of that, Kelly Klein went on Twitter and was like, "Yeah, it's true. I, I was working. Stay off Twitter. A, I've been working with a concussion." No, she had every right to do that. Absolutely. So Ring of Honor, being the geniuses that they are, decided we shall fire her while yeah. she is champion and while she is concussed. So now Kelly Klein is no longer the women's champion or works for Ring of Honor and is not a good look for them whatsoever. Uh, it went as far as Flip Gordon, who is one of their like one of their more popular guys on their show, tweeted out Rut Row, which is <laughs> Which is not good. Uh, no, and play on, play on <laughs> yeah. words for like 
man, Ringmar, you fucked up. Um, Marty Skull's contract is up at the end of the month, literally November 30th. Yeah. He's going anywhere except Ring of Honor. Everybody's assuming probably AEW, but also probably NXT, because money is nice. Um, so once they lose Marty and all this other stuff's going on, what the hell are they going to do? What the hell are they going to do? What, what becomes of Ring of Honor? Listen, if you are forcing your wrestlers to wrestle while knowingly concussed, you deserve to go out of business. Straight up. Yep. Um, if you can't provide security and, and the medical things that these people need. Can you imagine any sporting event with no medics on hand? Like someone, someone breaks a leg on the field and it's just like... Uh, just drag them off. Yeah, can you drive yourself to the hospital, please? Because we can't afford... It's carny indie bullshit. Um, yes. It's been known for months, maybe. Especially with the, the focus now on concussions and, and what, what they can lead to later in life. Well, and Joey's even saying there's sexual harassment allegations in the background that no one's talked about yet. Um, which... I like that they're in such dire straits that sexual harassment allegations are the fifth thing down the list <laughs> yeah. on what's the problem with them Well, right it's now. And people are beyond frustrated because Bully Ray is like one of the head bookers there now, and all he does is he pushes Velvet Sky and uh, Angelina Love, who you may know from TNA back in the day. They are not good wrestlers. And a day in 2019, you need to be a good wrestler to get over. That's just the way it is, typically. They were the best, worst thing about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's been known for months, maybe even over a year now, that the people in New Japan that have to work Ring of Honor dates say they do not like it whatsoever. Grills and Destiny are famous for this. Uh, bad luck, Fale, going as far as to just tweet, fuck Ring of Honor. Well, yeah, if you show up and there's no medical professionals on site, and you're just like, oh, I don't hurt myself in this match. Well, they go to they go to Madison Square Garden last year. This is going to be their big breakthrough show to show people they're a big deal. And they still have this indie fucking setup where it feels like you guys put five grand to production and called it a day. You use like a quarter event it was awful uh, no so, honor to be found here. so that's been read on honor uh, yeah. and we'll see how long that seg- what will last longer <laughs> that segment or ring of honor itself we will find out uh, but let's talk about what we got going on this weekend we got a pair of shows uh, first up we got nxt war games 3 which will be on saturday november 23rd 2019 if you have the wwe network it's going to be on there if you have the internet Sure, you can find it. Uh, so uh, let's let's run that down quick. Uh, the the Survivor Series card is very interesting, uh, and I'll explain why in a moment. But first, NXT Takeover War Games. We have the Women's War Games: Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and TBD versus Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, and Tegan Knox. We have the Men's War Games match: The Undisputed Era versus. Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Dominic Diakovic, sorry, and TBD. People are thinking it's going to be Velveteen Dream. Uh, Finn Balor versus Matt Riddle, which might be the thing to most look forward to there. I don't Matt know. They Riddle's could put on a... All the people in NXT are so awesome. Anybody, <laughs> like, seriously, though, I love them. Uh, and then Pete Dunne versus Damian Priest versus Killian Dane to determine the number one contender to the NXT championship, which will take place the following night. Sure. Listen, let's talk let's talk kayfabe here for a second. You're going to be in a triple threat with two of the strongest other wrestlers in your division. Yes. You win a number one contendership, you have to do it the next night. Dude, Adam, in 24 hours. Dude, Adam Cole has to do a War Games match followed by a championship match followed by a Survivor Series match. Oh, it's good. It's fake. <laughs> and then uh, there's also a cruiserweight championship, uh, which who knows if it'll be on NXT or the show the following night. But that will be Leo Rush and Angel Garza for anyone who still remembers that there's a cruiserweight championship. All right, uh, so Survivor Series matches. This is this is where we're at. We got Brock Lesnar, the defending champ. 
Here he comes. Uh, versus Rey Mysterio. No holds barred, no disqualification. So one of two things will happen here. This will be a great match. Or this will be an awful match. It could be a squash. Sure. Uh, I'm more worried that with the no holds barred, they get into some some BS. Like, oh, this this match needs to go eight minutes. And it becomes the extended squash where weapons get involved or something like that. And just becomes lame. Because uh, both these guys, with planning, could put on a six to eight minute match that's just aces. Yep. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Universal Championship. The Fiend Bray Wyatt and his red light versus Daniel Bryan. Uh <laughs> Oh, he painted the belt blue now, though, Lee. It's, it's totally different. I think it's purple. Isn't it blue? I thought he painted it like a purple color. It's no? still awful looking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Why don't you just paint the belt black, and then you can put the background of the big, ugly WWE logo a different color. That's all you need to do. I digress. Uh, so we assume The Fiend gets a win here, right? Sure. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> then we have the women's champions, Becky Lynch versus Bayley versus Shayna Baszler, each uh, representing the strap from their own brand. Uh... I don't don't like any of these girls except Shayna. I think Shayna's awesome. Uh, Bailey has held all three of these belts. That's a notable stat. Uh, (laughs) I do like Yul Bailey. She's got a good look. I haven't seen. That's a that's a crazy statement. I haven't what. I haven't haven't watched it, but she's got a good look. Well, yeah, I haven't seen her work as a heel, but I've seen what she looks like as a heel. (laughs) They failed the the easiest layup of all time, bringing her to the main roster. Yes, and inevitably. Flipped her heel six or eight times uh, with no, with Sa- Sasha Banks. No, that was just. <laughs> uh, and now she's <laughs> yeah. she's actually heel because uh, she cut the wavy inflatable arm filling tube man. Uh, Mid card champions, we got AJ Styles, who's currently the U.S. champion. If you didn't know, I didn't. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, who's the Intercontinental champion, and Roderick Strong, North American champion. That sounds good. Should be a good actually, match. Yes. Uh, like AJ and Shinsuke at WrestleMania on paper was a good match, and then yeah. it happened. In theory, <laughs> uh, the men's tag team champions, the Viking Raiders for Raw versus the New Day for SmackDown and the Undisputed Era for NXT. Uh, then we have the men's Survivor Series elimination match: Team Raw, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, and Ricochet versus SmackDown: Roman Reigns, King Corbin, Ali, Shorty G, and Braun Strowman versus Team NXT, who is not. Uh, broken down here. We'll see who They'll that is. They'll determine that probably on War Games. Uh, There's also going to be a women's Survivor Series elimination match, <laughs> oh, and each of these matches are probably like 45 minutes to oh, an hour. Oh, easily. Easily. So. With 15 people? Oh, oh really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Two people are getting getting eliminated in the first 30 seconds. Oh, absolutely. Okay, see if you can tell who it is. Uh, we have Team Ross, Charlotte Fair, Natalia, the Kabuki Warriors, and Sarah Logan versus SmackDown. Sarah Logan. Sasha Banks, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Nikki Cross versus Team NXT. Uh, I just want to say, Undisputed Era are like easily the best thing that's happened to WWE in the, like the last year. Uh, right now, if you guys don't know, main roster does not do stables for whatever reason. They're just like no stables at whatsoever. But in NXT, Triple H is like, I'm going to make a stable with like these four guys that are already friends and very well known together. Prior to this, Adam Cole, Kyle Riley, Bobby Fish. And Roderick Strong. Well, they got they got like the club, the OG or whatever. That's three people. That doesn't count. Vince never liked stables. Yeah, he doesn't like. Yeah, he had. They had to beg him for DX to happen, and yeah. and they had to beg him twice. And then so Triple H forms this stable. He puts gold belts on all of them. They're the take champs, the North American champ, and the NXT champ. And like they're over. It's it's mind blowing what wrestling logic creates. <laughs> I mean, Adam Cole's one of the best wrestlers on the planet. So. Uh, Actual in-ring ability, no, but as a whole package, yes, yes absolutely. Yeah. He's good character work, he's great promos, he is a good wrestler, he's everything you want. He's too small. He's, he's too small. He'll never work. 
Uh, NXT Championship, Adam Cole versus whomever wins that match the night before. And that's Survivor Series. I don't know about that. Uh, also, with the uh, with the draft that they did not a month ago mm-hmm. and people jumping back and forth between these shows, it has never meant less. There's uh, nothing at stake. Survivor Series last year, they had Raw sweep SmackDown in every single match and didn't mention it once. That was just the pay-per-view happened, Raw swept SmackDown in every single match, and it was never mentioned. It was not... Well, yeah, and Shane was like, oh, I'm going to fire people if we lose, and then they lost, and no one was fired. Yeah, moving on. Except uh, for him. So <laughs> so the, the implications here is that we, there are some title matches here where things could ta- change hands, but anything to do with the Survivor Series where it's just like, it's brand supremacy doesn't... There's never been brand uh, like any any brand rivalry. You just created a month before Survivor Series. Once a year, yeah. everybody wears a shirt that's the color of the brand they're on, and they pretend to rah rah. They pretend the, to give a shit. Again, it could be as simple as everybody on the winning team gets a ten thousand dollar belt. Have them fight for something. The diamond ring. Make some diamond rings. If up. Raw wins, they get the first half entries of the Royal Rumble or the last half entries of the Royal Rumble. Oh, is that for real? No. Uh, that's oh, okay. A that, yeah. <laughs> hey, that would work. Yeah. Why not? Or, or everybody on that team. The sole survivor gets, of, gets to be the last five guys in the yeah, Royal Yeah, like the sole survivor gets to like challenge for his championship of his choosing or something like that. That's a really good idea because Royal Rumble is like well, why close. Not, well, why, right? not, why not throw in too the losing team has to get the first five entries? To quit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or don't get to be in it at all. How about, that? How, about, that? how about that shit? But then that's also assuming that NXT gets to be in the Royal Rumble, gets to be at Mania. They should. Well, if they really are the third brand, as they keep saying, why wouldn't they be able to? Uh, it's it's muddying the waters. Now you have three you have three shows, two of which that are very similar, and one of which that's becoming more similar every week. Well, and the, the fact that <laughs> they, they don't want that show to become a legitimate, they just want that show to beat AEW. Yes, even though they are branded as a third yep. brand, though they they officially christened it as a third brand, I believe yep. yesterday, sure on their website or something. So they're still developmental. That's what that's what NXT is. Like, listen, the week that NXT opens up and King Corbin comes out and cuts a five minute promo on Roman Reigns, uh, yeah, the, that's when it will really be. Suit. That's when it will really the, be the third brand. It, it's taken so long for Finn Balor to mature, and but, develop. But, yeah. <laughs> it's like forty two. There's a. Uh, but the thing again, where where things get get muddy is that you have people being called up to those main rosters now. But that has never, like I said, where you are and what brand has never meant less. So someone like Lacey Evans, who shouldn't be appearing on television at all until she gets better, is now not on NXT, but in fact part of of SmackDown, I think it is, and has had tons of botched matches. Um, I don't know. What to say? Some of the best wrestlers in the WWE are on the quote-unquote developmental brand, and what some the of hell? the best are on the main roster. Is but, just... but, but that's what I'm saying. It's it's hurting the entire company as a whole. Yes, because your developmental is no longer developmental, and you're just pushing. You're spreading out there. too thin. The cool thing about NXT was it was never the same thing. It would be like a year of a certain roster. They get go to the main roster. Here's fresh new people. Like a season. Can get behind. Yeah, and I agree. It, it didn't matter who they were because the crowd would get behind them. But we've had the same roster now in NXT for like way over that, more than any other one. NXT had. got me excited for main events with Bobby Roode in them. Yes, Bobby Roode, and Bobby Roode is great. Is, is like the He's entrance. Triple H light. <laughs> when him and Shinsuke Nakamura were having like entrance offs at Takeover, yeah. it was just like who has the better. Dude, Drew McIntyre at NXT, babyface, fantastic work. Remember on Drawday and Who's that, is that the guy who looks like Roman Reigns, but he's never on TV? <laughs> like he gets interrupted when he's having a good match. <laughs> 
Like, and then they had that one SmackDown where NXT guys invaded and they had matches and they were doing main roster matches. So 15 yeah. minutes of headlocks and like small spots and clapping. Like I, yeah. I fucking hate when wrestlers have to smack the mat to get the crowd into There's, it because the crowd's not into it. There, yes, uh, and I go back to like the Moxley Darby Allen match where so much storytelling can just be in the wrestling match without a word being spoken. Yes. The idea that he launches himself at Moxley before the bell rings and like basically takes fifty percent off his health bar before the match even starts is fantastic, and it says a lot about Darby Allen and it says it sets the tone. And mm-hmm. uh, WWE doesn't have that. I well, hate you. The problem is, I'm well, going to headlock with to, you. To piggyback on Reed, most of the time when you see it in WWE, when they try to get everybody to clap, is when they immediately keep going to the holds. Yes. Where it's like, well, I mean, we need to get the crowd in it. Maybe if you did more of actual in-ring work, instead of, instead of giving everyone a breather every two, three minutes... It might go over better with the crowd, and you actually you actually plan your matches better because this is not working. Yet. I don't understand how you keep going to holds every like two seconds. Why would you ever tell Ricochet to slow down and like do less? <laughs> his I, name is Ricochet. Like his whole gimmick <laughs> is that he's Spider like <laughs> he's Spider Man. He's a superhero. <laughs> yeah. um, his whole gimmick is that he does stuff nobody else does. So exploit that. Use that to your yeah. advantage. Right now, he's a guy. He's a guy that does stuff that Seth Rollins can do. Yeah, but that's what everybody is right now. Yes, everybody's Seth Rollins. Like, they do, they wrestle, and then they cut a promo that's like, come on, guys. And that's that's it. And that's it. (laughs) So, looking forward to 10 hours of WWE pay-per-views this weekend. uh, I will watch NXT. I probably won't watch Survivor Series. uh, I I will skip through this. I I will, like, be abreast on what's happening in the Survivor Series stuff, but I don't plan to watch it verbatim. But But NXT NXT is usually good. uh, uh, I will probably check out. So, that's kind of it for the review segment of the show. We have no emails or tweets to to cover this week, but I did want to talk about something very briefly here, and that's the Kanachan update. Uh, (laughs) Asuka uh, has a YouTube channel called uh, Kanachan. You can go check it out. On the YouTube, uh, uploads like maybe once or twice a week. Most of the time, she is just cooking. This week, she finds herself in a hotel in Boston. She was accosted by bedbugs on her airplane. She is covered in welts. It's awful. Uh, so, just just covered in bedbug bites. Oh man, your clothes have to get uh, taken care of too. Incinerated like Ace Ventura in the shower. Yeah. Uh, so she. <laughs> She puts that aside to make some candy, which she finds... A lot of the time when she's doing stuff on the road, it's just her in a hotel room making a Japanese candy kit. In this case, she is mixing colors together, which uh, she pours into sugar and becomes gummy. It it takes like 10 minutes before you even realize what this food is that she is making, but it's fantastic. A lot of her other videos uh, have her cooking in the backyard, doing something related to video games, making Dragon Quest slime slush to drink. Uh, It is amongst the most wholesome stuff you can watch on the internet. She is incredibly charismatic and likable. Uh, So check Kanachan out. Wow. (laughs) That's the show. Um, That's all the slam for November 22nd, 2019. For myself, Lee, Reed, and Andrew... Uh, we'll catch you again next week on the Sultans of Slam and welcome to the